Welcome to Ultiversal Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're... Doing some Ultimate Six and Ultimate Adventures. And also one issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. Yay. So... Yeah, uh... These are definitely some comics that we're covering this week. Um, what do you know about Ron Zimmerman, the writer of Ultimate Adventures, Devin? Nothing. Did you know that he was the guy who made the really homophobic reboot of uh, the Rawhide Kid on the Marvel Max line? No, no. Did you know that he is a... Uh, person on the Howard Stern show. Why don't you say that, maybe? Did you know that his Twitter bio lists him as the unheralded father of the Me Too movement? Oh, no. Yeah, he just comes off as a major asshole. Which kind of makes sense on why Ultimate Adventures (laughs) is not good. Well, agreed. Yeah, Ultimate Adventures was a six-issue miniseries written by Ron Zimmerman with pencils by Duncan Figueredo, inks by Walden Wong, colors by Paul Mounts and Candilla Tripp, with letters by Chris Eliopoulos, VCs Corey Petit, and VCs Randy Gentile. Because, uh, do you know the other major thing this book was known for, Devin? Looking stupid. It was part of You Decide. Oh, that. For those of you who are playing at home... Get five points and send your current score to lukehair at gmail.com with the uh, subject line, here's my current points. So, uh, this book was one of three that were uh, being put out as part of Bill Hibbis's, uh plan to be like, oh yeah, uh, writing comics and making comics isn't hard. Uh, I think that Peter David is an idiot, which, I mean, he kind of is. He does a lot of dumb racist stuff. But at the time, he was like, I bet if I made a book, it would be able to sell better than your Captain Marvel run. And also, to make it fair, we're going to make this other third book, Ultimate Adventures. A year and a half later, the only book that had over a dozen issues out was Captain Marvel. This book took over a year and a half to get six issues out. With some characters that no one remembers. Yeah, like, none... No, they did finally bring back Hawk Owl and Woody last year. Or early this year. Did they? Yep. Uh, In that one weird Zippy Pig comic. That they had the one shot of where it's like, oh, we're going to bring back a bunch of weird old titles. Mm, Yeah, I didn't read that. Yeah, neither did I, because that was by Frank Thierry, everybody's favorite asshole slash C-list villain writer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not on Unlimited yet. I was going to look and see if it was, like, readable yet, and then it's like, oh, no, I don't want to pay a dollar to read this. But yeah, um, Ultimate Adventures is ostensibly what if Batman and Robin was somehow worse. 
Yep. And also, it, and it also should have taken place between the first and second halves of Ultimates. Yeah. So that weird reading order list that we've got has another issue uh, on it. I mean, quite trivially to the point where we haven't even touched the Ultimate Fantastic Four yet. I feel like there's already a huge issue, but... But, uh, on the other hand, like, Ultimate Fantastic Four took a while to launch, and it wasn't until later that the new version of them started being used and stuff. Uh, fair. Like, we had to get to the point that they got retconned and undid all of the Spider-Man stuff and Ultimate Iron Man stuff. Because at this point, Ultimate Iron Man is still canon. Everyone's favorite. Anyways, so Hank Kipple, who is like a 12-year-old garbage kid, has been brought forth to Father Jill by Sister Mary in the St. Frederick's Orphanage in Chicago, Illinois, because he's a troublemaker who feels like he's too old to get adopted, and because he's smart, he acts out, which gets him in trouble. That night, some robbers break in, and when he mounts off to them, they threaten to kill him. Until Hawk Owl shows up, Hank ends up distracting them because he installed a clapper system that only responds to his hands, and that allows the Hawk Owl to stop and capture them. Hawk Owl is like somebody's worst version of Night Owl, like from costume and everything. Oh, very much so. Mm hmm. DC should have sued just for the whole point of you are making our brand look bad. I mean, I think this would have been around the time as All-Star Batman and Robin, which also did not make their brand look great. That was something they were actually publishing. Fair. So the next day, Jack Danner, his butler, James Tolliver. Tolliver being a weird choice because do you know who the most famous Mr. Tolliver in comics is, Devin? No, isn't he that person who owns cats? What? Let me. Go. No, Mr. Tolliver was Cable's son, slash the guy who tried to make Sunspot do evil stuff during X Force. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <sighs> that's the name that came to mind. Um. There's also Leah the Chauffeur, who doesn't speak, and Jack's Aunt Ruth. And they've all come along with him because Jack wants to adopt a kid, and none of them really support him doing it because he's aloof and bad with money and bad at life choices. But he explains that because he lost his parents, he's adopting a kid, and also he's going to set up a foundation so all of the orphans at the orphanage get to go to college and get that paid. And... Hank uh, is written as a shitty genius, so he's like, hey, rich guy who's offering us money, what do you think about the Electoral College? I think your opinions are bad because you have money. And Hank gets asked to leave, and so Jack is like, oh, that kid who calls me out on my shit for whatever reason, I'll adopt him. I... This book makes no well, sense. Well, if it continued like, on where we thought it was going to go, which is you, kid, glue factory. Are you saying Jack is going to melt all the kids down at a glue factory? Jack's going to specifically melt down Hank at the glue factory. 
I think that would be appropriate. Hank is awful, and he has the worst haircut, mm-hmm. and his face is drawn weird every, every time. time. Every time. Hank doesn't like Jack, so the two separate with Hank being taken to his room by Tolliver, who is an inconsistently written black man. He doesn't like Hank's attitude and is also an asshole to him. And when Hank hangs out in his room, he sees Harkow's ship fly past. During a holdup at an internet cafe, Harkow takes them all down in a scene, too, I guess, showing him beating up poor people. The book is just really weird. Like, Tolliver is, oh, I'm going to say, like, one or two words, and then I'll just randomly explode or give a bunch of exposition. It it does not make sense. The next morning, as everyone shares breakfast, Hank continues to be a miserable asshole and then gets dropped off at his new school where he is immediately pegged as a rich kid. He goes to meet the principal, Principal Jones, and his assistant, Miss Gale. Jones was friends with Jack and Jack's brother, Joe, who we find out died after stepping on a rake, thus making him easier to kill than Sideshow Bob, who has stepped on many rakes and has not died. Can't kill Sideshow Bob. Uh, shortly after, Jack's parents died when he drove off a bridge when they were drunk and then drowned because they didn't know how to swim. And the principal tries to be like, oh, yeah, this is funny how it never affected the person who was your foster dad. But also Hank continues to be an asshole. So the principal puts him in a remedial class, which really just seems to be the class where they put all of these stereotypical black kids And when he gets home, he's literally thrown off of the bus. That night, when he sees the Hawk Owl ship flying past, he heads up to the roof and ends up falling into the Hawk Owl lair called The Nest. Of course it is. As he explores, Tolliver finds him and thinks that Tolliver is Hawk Owl, and then a bird shits on him. Hawk Owl returns, and he is actually Jack, who stopped a number of crimes, and he reveals who he is on accident, before he notices Hank. Hank doesn't like it, and Jack starts testing to see if he could be a new sidekick. I mean... It, it, it's, it, it's so weird, because it's like, oh, hey, I think you could be my sidekick. I'm going to throw swords at you. But it's not in, like, a slapstick way or anything. It's just, yeah, this is what seems completely logical for my mind, but there's no... I, I have no idea what tone this is trying to go for. Again. Really, it's just him fucking with this kid because he's the worst. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Principal Jones gets home and finds that his wife is with the mailman, and he gets kicked out of the house. Hank wants to leave, but when he goes to his room, he makes friends with an owl he names Ralph. Ralph is the only good character in this comic. Yeah. Ralph should have pecked some people. Yep. Hawk Owl, meanwhile, goes to visit Father Joe because he's having problems with Hank. And Father Joe suggests that maybe instead of being a superhero, you should be a dad and part of his family. Jack then heads to the school where he bumps into Principal Jones, who is sitting on the uh, stairs up, who is sitting on the stairs outside of the school. And as they talk, Hank gets the shit beaten out of him, gets thrown down the stairs, and when the principal tries to separate Hank from the fight. That is being imposed on him. Hank punches the principal in the head and he is taken away in an ambulance. So Hank and Jack talk and Jack apologizes for being bad as a dad 
And Hank asks him to quit being Hawkeye. And when Jack shows that he is willing, Hank is like, no, I guess we can keep having you be a superhero. And as the two of them try to play football to bond, the Ultimates show up. And you can tell that this is before the second half of Ultimates uh, Volume 1. Because Giant Men and Wasp are still together. Heck, even before the last issue of Ultimates Volume 1, the first half. Yeah. Uh, Jack doesn't like the Ultimates, but Hank does because they're superheroes and he is 12 years old. And the Ultimates have been sent to recruit Jack. And we find out that his past is he was on the Navy SEALs, he went to a Shaolin Temple, he was on a Black Ops team, he was on the Weapon X program. And it really doesn't make sense because it's supposed to be he's a super liberal guy. He doesn't like the Ultimates because they're part of the militarization of superheroes. And this bro is it's a in, li- like breathing machine of the military industrial complex. Yeah, yeah. And especially Weapon X, the program where it's like, oh, no, we are going to force mutants to murder people. Uh, Thor and Wasp do like Jack, though. Which, because Thor's a liberal and Wasp because he doesn't take shit and I guess he gets to be cool and she's supposed to be a flirt. But if Ultimate Thor likes him, that's different. Yeah. Ultimate Thor, only good Ultimate. Yes. They go into the owl's nests and there's some weird stuff with the Ultimates trying to put Jack over by being awful to him. Anyway, Cap tries to draft him with a presidential order. He says no, because he wants to protect only Chicago, and so Cap and Hawkeye fight till Giant Man tries to stop them. So Hawkeye attacks with owls, but Thor ends up zapping all of them. Uh, Captain America wants to arrest him, but the Ultimates are split, and Hank and Tolliver stop him, and Tolliver goes into another rant, and then the Ultimates leave. And see, this is another instance of Ultimate Cap being the worst. Normal Cap would not have done that shit. No. Normal Cap would have expected that and left. Yeah, well, I also think he... Yeah, he would have not really pushed for the recruiting the same way. It wouldn't have led to a physical fight on the front and mm-hmm. in, in the nest. Yeah. Meanwhile, Principal Jones returns and kills his wife and the mailman before it burned down his house. And then making out with his Burning wife. down the wife. <laughs> and then going to make out with his secretary, Ms. Willow, who is obsessed with him. The new report comes on the TV and Hank feels guilty, but when he gets to the school, the principal starts beating the shit out of students and teachers with Miss Willow, who is a sexy schoolgirl type. When the principal goes to look for Hank, he escapes and can't find Jack and decides to put on that sidekick costume. It's really weird how it's like, oh, I guess the principal's going to be the Joker and Miss Willow's going to be his Harley Quinn. Yeah. I... Who is this fucking for? Like, who... Who's... I don't understand this comic. Yeah, I don't either. It has no reason to exist other than to be bad I guess like maybe Bill Himas was trying to be like oh yeah I'm going to set up a way that I cannot win or I I cannot lose on this you decide contest by making the worst comic 
Uh, anyways, as soon as he's in like a baffling choice, because it's like, oh, hey, here's our end of the page where Hank is going to put on this sidekick costume because he can't find Jack anywhere. Page one, Jack is like, oh, no, I'm here. This costume is for my sidekick, Woody, you know, like a woodpecker. And he's like, but yeah, you don't get to go and fight. I'm going to go fight your principal. And Hank is like, no, let me fight. And Jack's like, no. And so Hank tries to fight him. And Jack is like, oh, I'm super good at combat. And so fuck you. Hank gets captured on the net and Hawk Owl leaves. Uh, Principal Jones, meanwhile, plans to kill all of the teachers for being bad at their job and is using bullies at the school as his henchmen. Hawkeye stops him from burning all the teachers, but then he's immediately, like, taken out by Miss Willow for whatever reason. And then Lee, meanwhile, who has never spoken before, but who has a really not great bad English accent, shows up, like, busting through the window dressed as a ninja because Ron Zimmerman has a... Ron Zimmerman has a lot of really weird things, and I want to know if he's related to Bob Dylan because all of his fucking titles are Bob Dylan song references. I don't know, like half of that's pretty much the ending of Fifth Fits he's keeping to rip off Watchmen. I Because a number of, I, of those yeah. issues had to do with Bob Dylan lyrics. Yeah, but there they were used well. Uh, yeah, so was the Night Owl costume, but it wasn't used well here. Yeah, I... So I guess this is, I I don't know if it's supposed to be parody or if this is all intent. I have, I have no idea what the tone of this comic is supposed to be. Uh, anyways, Lee, who never spoke before, who has a bad English accent, shows up with Tolliver and they give their origin story. Where Jack and Tolliver were raised together because their parents died, but be, they caused too much trouble. So they were sent to train with Kuichi, who is Lee's father, who is literally Mr. Miyagi. But, like, the ultimate version of Mr. Miyagi. And so they learn to work together and become amazing fighters. And one night, Jack, before he wanted to leave the training, saw a hawk grab a baby owl. So he punched the hawk, saved the owl, got attacked by the hawk. And Kuichi was like, oh, hey, you got cursed by a hawk? But blessed by an owl, I guess your name is going to be like Hawk Owl eventually. And then they went into the military and did probably war crimes. And then when they got back, Jack was like, oh, I want to fight real crime. Also, meanwhile, the principal beat up Jack and dropped him off back at his mansion with a failing grade pinned to his chest. Yeah. Also, Hawk Owls are a real species of owl. I don't understand what this is. I mean, it's not like uh, Angel Catbird, where that makes sense because it was a cat and an a-, a cat and a bird that got infected with the dude's genetics, and that's a weird comic. Or a cat dog. I I don't know what this comic is for. If again, I assumed it was Hawk Owl because Hawk Owl is a fucking type of owl. Yeah, but it's like, oh no, he specifically saved an owl from a hawk. It explains the hyphen thing. <laughs> the species of hawk owl is just all one word. 
There's a hawk. Owl. Uh, no, it can sometimes be hyphenated. Damn. Yeah. Meanwhile, the pre- oh, no. they get him hooked up and healing with, and Father Joe visits, who tells Hank to not do anything crazy. Ralph the owl returns and brings a picture of the principal back in the YMCA, and Lee tells him to fight. Tolliver, meanwhile, gets caught sometime and is being tortured, but Hank shows up as Woody and gets the crap beaten out of him, and he didn't call for him. The principal explains that he that he always felt like a second choice for Jack. But then Hawk Owl shows up with Lee, and Lee gets knocked out immediately by Miss Willow. So Hawk Owl has Ralph fuck up the principal's face, and everyone is fine. The next day, Aunt Ruth asks them to stop fighting crime and have their ultimate adventures. And especially Hank is out and may agree, but really they don't. And then they stop at Wayne's from getting murdered in Crime Alley. I don't know what this comic is for. Also, the hawk owl is a type of owl, not a type of hawk. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't understand this. Uh, Let's go on to our next story, which is a one-issue Spider-Man... It's a one-issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 1, Number 46 which was written by Ryan Michael Bendis with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Arthur the Bear, colors by Transparency Digital, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. Sharon Carter of S.H.I.E.L.D. is being interviewed regarding illegal genetic mutation and specifically Otto Octavius and the time that Spider-Man fought him and Craven. And we find out that when Spider-Man left and she had turned off the camera, she sent in a raid on the Hammer Labs where they ended up finding Flint Marco, the Sandman, who was able to escape. Spider-Man, who was unable to get home that night, which partially explains how he got back so late, uh, faces down Sandman, saving Sharon's life until a scientist was able to disrupt Sandman. And Sharon has issues with all of these new superpower people and wants them destroyed instead of preserved. It's a interesting filler issue but i think it lacks a lot of the depth from the other like solo character issues that we've got agreed it was kind of neat it was used a little bit of setup for the next bit yeah but it's also weirdly like not included in that trade and it happens before the black cat uh kingpin arc no but it's included in the ultimate six trade is it I am holding the trade in my hand, Luke. Oh, okay. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. Uh, We then get to Ultimate Six, which is a seven-issue miniseries. Why is it not a six-issue miniseries? What the fuck, Marvel? Yeah, seven was a weird number choice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Joe Casada on the prologue. Main pencils were done by Trevor Harrison with inks by Danny Mickey, colors by Richard Eisenhoff and Avalon Studios, and Dave Seward, with letters by Chris Eliopoulos. It is weird how Joe Casada did do pencils for this section, considering this was when he was editor-in-chief. Uh-huh. Well, so, elect- he did some every once in a while. Usually when yeah. it's time to make bad decisions. You mean like this series? 
Yeah, I didn't hate this series. More importantly, though, uh, Brand New Day. Yep. Well, I mean, we'll get into it, but I feel like this series is too much of Bendis trying to do a Mark Millar style and it does not work. Oh, yes. Where he should have just Bendis the Ultimates. Yeah, and instead it's uh, he does not know how to tell good character pieces when they're just all hanging around or getting mission briefings, and so much of it is, here's what's happening, here's what's happening, here's what's happening, something new happens. No, everybody needs to respond to uh-huh. it. So Electro ends up waking up in a hospital after the kingpin was taken down, and the FBI agents don't know what happened or who he is, as he... As Electro sort of collects his bearings, he remembers Spider-Man stopping him. He then kills the agents, escapes, and plans his revenge before being stopped by Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Widow. We find out that S.H.I.E.L.D. currently has Otto, Octavius, Electro, Sandman, and Norman Osborn held with their powers being negated by Collars as Henry Pym monitors them and tries to get them to talk to him for psychological evaluations. And Nick Fury has them in the secret prison until their genetic code can be regulated, at which point they will be able to uh, basically go to court, or until they can be rehabilitated, or until they die. Nick Fury's banking on that last one. Mm-hmm. Kevin, meanwhile, last seen being knocked out by a Spider-Man, is giving an interview about how he plans to go after the Spider-Man again. And he got some illegal genetic enhancements. As he walks out of the interview, though, he is immediately stopped by the Ultimates and is captured after Hawkeye shoots him and he goes down. He is also put into the secret prison as well, but Norman Osborn expects a sixth member to appear. The next day, when Norman is being interviewed, Pym informs him that off of his information, including his Oz formula, is now in shield possession, and against the shock collar, he transforms, so so Hank gets big and knocks him out. After this, Octavius offers to work with Shields, saying he didn't understand the effect of the Oz and he wants to help the world. Fury ends up giving the Ultimates a briefing on Octavius and how Pym is trying to see if the genetic mods made them unstable or not. And Fury's like, hey, should we let them out? And ultimately, Octavius is trusted with a lab. He finds his arms there, and he's able to connect with them from a distance, kills the scientists and the security there, causes a power outage, disables the shock colors, frees the other members of the team. Octavius and Osborne then consider themselves even, and Osborne wants to get his boy, Revenge on Fury, and it turns out that his boy that he is referring to is Peter Parker, who he wants to be the sixth member of the team. He wants his boy! My boy! His boy, his boy, not his hairy boy, it is Peter Benjamin Parker. Uh, so Fury hears about the breakout, orders the Avengers to go look at... Ultimate Luke. Orders the Avengers to go look... Oh. Not orders in, in the Ultimates. Orders in the Ultimates, and they find everyone but Pym and two other agents were killed. And Fury warns that Osborne and Octavius are the brains here, and Fury realizes that they probably mean to go and get Peter and that his loved ones are in danger. Peter is immediately taken out of class as he is getting in trouble for using rap lyrics, thinking he could uh, get it past his teacher, 
who is into the Wu-Tang Clan, but he gets pulled out and brought to the Triskelion, and Peter doesn't change. Uh, Fury... Into his costume. Yes. It is a weird moment, but I feel like that's the best Bendis scene mm-hmm. of this. Uh, Fury gives him the rundown and proves he has eyes on Aunt May, and they are still working to keep his identity a secret. And he also has eyes on Mary Jane, but Peter is still more worried about her. The president's chief of staff, Mr. Stone, ends up getting a call while the Sinister Five are in the Kingpin's Hampton house. Fury is brought in by the president, who is apparently unaware of him being the Green Goblin, and called the president, demanding $100 million. His company, the return of his son, international amnesty for him and other members of the Sinister Five, and for Fury to be arrested or to release the tape of Craven being illegally detained, and Fury is already on thin ice. As Fury leaves, Osborne calls to talk to him. Ah, uh, yeah, this does not seem like President George W. Bush. I agreed. A foreigner getting illegal enhancements? Nah. W would have been like, yeah, detain him. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? How we thought Obama mm-hmm. would be. Uh, so the five, meanwhile, are planning to destroy Fury's world by revealing how they all got their powers as a result of Fury's secret super soldier program. And they figure there's going to be a massive cover-up and they'll all be freed and paid off. Meanwhile, the Ultimates attack the studio of Craven's production company while Spider-Man is stuck back at the Triskelion. But then S.H.I.E.L.D. gets hacked. Electro attacks the base, knocking out all their auxiliary powers, threatening to release Bruce Banner and Magneto. And then Sandman and Goblin appear in front of Spider-Man. Aunt May then gets detained by S.H.I.E.L.D. after being told that Osborn might be after her, but Fury finds out Also that Peter was taken without his mask by the five. And back at their base, Osborne threatens Peter, telling him that if they don't work together, he will kill everyone who Peter loves, starting with Aunt May, and that they need him to help get their work done. I get that Osborne is crazy, but I don't know why he needs Peter for this. I agree. Uh, Captain America, meanwhile, confronts Fury about this legacy as they are ta- uh, and as they talk, Fury figures out that Osborn's plan as Osborn and now the Sinister Six attack the White House, followed by the Ultimates. While the fight is going on, Peter's hesitant to do anything until Cap says they have Aunt May safe, so he works to help take down the Sinister Five. Wasp knocks out Octavius, Craven gets electrocuted trying to stop Parker, Iron Man uses tech to knock out Sandman, coded to his genetics, and as Cap is fighting the Goblin, Harry Osborn shows up, asking Norman to stop. Harry comes on his own while Iron Man preps the anti-Goblin code and blasts him mid-transformation back to Norman, causing him to wild out. Thor, mean- I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like the art for this really doesn't work no. because it's really easy to ignore that. Like Norman Osborn has a massive, like ten foot long arm for a panel. Oh, there's a lot of weird art piece choices in this one. Yeah, like, Peter does not look like Peter at all. Like, this person, uh, the artist Trevor Harrison, cannot render faces no. well. Not at all. Like, this is this is some very bad art, and I looked it up, and he has not really done a lot of work after this. I think he did, like, Ultimate Galactus, and then that was one of his last Marvel things. No, Bagley is best Ultimate Peter artist. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Thor, meanwhile, is knocked out by Electro. The government moves in. No, oh, sorry. Thor Thor knocks out Electro. The government moves in for cleanup. Harry promises revenge on Peter and the Ultimates, and everything gets covered up again, more or less. Peter gets to see Aunt May and tells her he was in holding too. Jenna says he doesn't want to see her husband. Fury keeps Osborne alive to try and drive the Oz formula. And Captain America is unhappy about Fury pushing this genetic war. It's it's a weird... It's just a weird episode, like a weird arc, because it feels really underbaked for as big as it's supposed uh-huh. to be. It's like, oh, we're getting the Ultimates and all the Sinister Six, or well, I guess the Sinister Five and Peter. And it it's just not really engaging at no. all. I think if this had just been like a normal arc, this would have been way better. Oh, yeah. You could have cut out, like, two whole issues, at Easily. least. But, uh, you know what is engaging content, what, Devin? Luke? Ultiversal Q rankings. <sighs> so, we have three stories to rank this time. Ultimate Adventures, numbers one through six. Ultimate Spider-Man, volume one, number 46. Uh, I forgot to look at what it was called. I think it was Afterward. Let's quickly... Google that. Uh, the issue was titled Afterwards. And then Ultimate Six, Volume One, Numbers One Through Seven. So Ultimate Adventures uh, was actively bad. Is it worse than Ultimate Iron Man, though? No. Uh, I I feel like it goes between Ultimate Iron Man 2 and Ultimate Iron Man 1. Because 2 was at least sort of engaging and the art was better. Uh, So yeah, Ultimate Adventures Volume 1, numbers 1 through 6 is our new number 39. Uh, How do you feel about afterwards? The one issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, um, how do you feel about it compared to the Return of the King prelude? Uh, it is worse than that. Uh, the half issue of Ultimate X-Men? Yeah. yeah. I think it was better than that, because at least the Sandman yes. stuff was interesting. So our new number 25 is Afterwards, and then Ultimate 6... Uh, volume one, numbers one through seven. Uh, currently afterwards is our lowest Spider-Man ranking. Uh, I, I think it's just a big yeah. mess. Hashtag mess. How do you feel about it? Com- How do you feel about it compared to the, uh, Spider-Man and Hulk Marvel team? Oh, worse than that. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to um, the Spider-Man and Shang-Chi? I think that was a similarly like mixed attempt to try some different storytelling. Yeah, I would agree with that. So better or worse than Shang-Chi? Um, slightly better. 
I don't think it's better than the Return of the King Magneto because that was bullshit and wild, but it was at least a lot more entertaining and it made sense. Yeah, agreed. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you there. So our so our new number thirty is Ultimate Six. And that wraps us up for another week, Devin. Uh, do you know what we're covering next time? Yes, we'll be covering that time where they basically bring Spider-Man 2, the Sam, Ram- Sam Raimi movie, into the Ultimate Universe. Also Ultimate Fantastic Four. But most importantly, Ultimate Tobey Maguire. Yep. So everyone loves T-Mags. So, uh, Devin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at FredoFett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at @coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You can find both of us on the Exile Podcast at exilepodcast.com. That is our marvel actual play role-playing game, even though it now has characters like Superman and negative man uh you can also find me on the rpg pals podcast at rpgpals.club ultiversal q is part of the luke haired network of podcasts where if you support us at the dollar level you get episodes of x out a week early and occasionally we will do bonus content uh you can find a link to that on the site and if you visit us at ultiversalq.com you can also find image galleries and more. Uh, please like, rate, and review the podcast. That helps other people find the show, and it helps to inspire us to keep doing it. I think that wraps us up for this week, Devin. Uh, anything else to add? No. All right. Well, we will catch you next time on another Ultiversal Q. Peace. Peace. Catch on the flip mode.